You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Survivor Game Changers episode recap. We are fast approaching the conclusion of another season, which is is kind of strange because it felt like this just started. And uh, we've pretty much only got a month to go, so uh, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to look forward to, and a lot to get to in another fantastic episode. Let's just start off by starting that my name is Ben, and as always, you start listening to this with smiles before the bloodbath. And speaking of a bloodbath, it's not going to be a bloodbath right now, because... I'm I'm extremely excited to welcome to the very first time, not only to anything related to Survivor, but also here on the Oz Network, of course, uh, our next guest. He competed on the most recent season of Australian Survivor, where he finished in a pretty impressive fifth place, and uh, he's here to talk about this week's episode of Survivor Game Changers, and probably a bit about his time on Australian Survivor too. It's Mr. Matt Tarrant. Matt, uh, thank you for joining us here on the Oz Network today. Cheers, Ben. Thanks for having me, mate. Very much looking forward to it. It's a it's a huge pleasure. It's 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 fun actually going through the uh, the Australian Survivor cast because you know sadly we sort of went off air as Survivor Oz just as the season was starting. We were sort of looking forward to really covering this, and it's kind of all of a sudden like, nah, we're just going to go now. So <laughs> we haven't really had an yeah. opportunity to to chat to a lot of you guys. I feel. It wasn't the best timing, was it? No. Um, <laughs> I, I, I remember when, um, you know, because we were obviously, as the season kind of was about to air, we were following obviously all the podcasts and stuff as well. And when you guys went down, I remember as a, you know, a fan of the podcast as well, I just kind of went, this is like, I, like, I wanted to like abuse you. I'm like, why the fuck's it going down? <laughs> and then it's like, well, no, like, let's just chill. Let's just chill. There's, and then, and then fortunately there ended up being like a million survivor podcasts when it was on as well. So I think there's going to be maybe less of them. I feel like a few of them might have dropped off now, but, um, but it did, it was crazy for a little bit there, wasn't there? There were so many pods going around and so much talk about survivor. Um, it's, but yeah, yeah it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's, I mean, I found that kind of, uh, when I first got involved in doing, Survivor podcast, you know, back in 2011, it was kind of, you know, there were ones that were around, but it wasn't really kind of huge out there. And it's, it's really has been, and it's obviously not just in Australia, but there's a just been a huge explosion of Survivor podcasts that I feel have happened in the last 12 to 24 months. So I'm kind of glad that, you know, we, we took the uh, Hollywood route of just rebooting the franchise, um, <laughs> you know, rather than continuing and flogging a dead horse. So, um, you know, at least we can talk about other shows now, Matt, and, uh, and movies and things like that along the way. So, look, if you ever get bored of talking about Survivor halfway through, you, you tell me a TV show, a movie, I'm sure we can think of something. Let's do it. Yes, exactly. But I always generally uh, like to get a bit of a vibe, I feel, of um, just your, your feel on this season, really, uh, you know, before we obviously talk about what's happened this week. Uh, are you enjoying Survivor Game Changers at this point of the season? Yeah, you know what? I really am. Um, and there's been a lot of characters and players that I probably didn't expect that I actually enjoy that I, that I have enjoyed. Um, like Everyone keeps saying it, but Culpepper is one of them. Um, you know, I've sort of enjoyed uh, even I quite like Troy's end season as well, to be honest. And these are, you know, two guys that I probably didn't expect that actually going into it, I really either wanted there in the game or would, would have expected I would have actually enjoyed. Um, but there's been a lot of that. So, yeah, it's been a... It's been an interesting season. I feel like this episode's been one of maybe the weaker ones in that there wasn't really a lot that actually happened. Um, but I guess in comparison to some of the others, it, it, you can't have that level of um, intensity the whole the whole season. Otherwise, this is going to be too much. So it was nice to kind of sit down, enjoy an episode of Survivor, and not have to stress too much about what the hell was going on. There was no 
outings. There was no, yeah, it, 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 it was nice. It was a nice episode. And we didn't have global headlines after this episode, I feel, either. So <laughs> No, well, there, st- there still was. There was. I saw there was a, a news.com.au, which, I mean, is the epitome of news. Um, they had... <laughs> They um, they had an article around, you know, what happened after and the aftermath of it all and stuff. So there was still a little bit of a story there, which, look, as as bad as last week obviously was, it's you know great to get a little bit of exposure for Survivor as well. And the fact that, you know, News, News Corp are talking about it, it's maybe not such a bad thing as well. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I saw that article and I happened to be one of these people who tweeted out claiming that uh, they just jumped on the bandwagon and didn't exactly, you know, pay too much attention. It's just, it seemed a bit convenient. And I happened to get oh. a reply from the uh, the journalist who, um, you know, was like, oh, I've been watching this game for 17 years, buddy. I don't know if that was a bit condescending towards me or not. But, um, you look, uh, I, I will say, I, I think we got a small win against News.com today, you, a week ago, when a couple of us were tweeting that they were misinforming the readers in terms of how they were selling that article basically implying that Jeff Probst was the one who kicked out Varna and the others didn't vote. And we at least got them to change a little bit of their article. But it is news.com today, you, Matt. I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, the, the word journalist is used in, a, you know, a bit of an air quote there, I feel. Well, I think I'm trying to remember who the guy, I think it was Matt Young that wrote this mo- most recent article. And Matt's it a friend was. of mine, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to say too much. Oh, hi, Matt. He's a, he's a good, hi, Matt. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I find it funny that all of a sudden they're talking about, you know, Zeke and Ty, and you're like, no one's going to know who these people are. Like, yeah. it's not like you've covered Survivor prior to this, but they are talking about, you know, how Zeke's game might be impacted. And it's like, it's, none it's of their readers are going to care. Because, like, I mean, again, we're not, this isn't the, the let's bash news.com today, you hour, because we really wouldn't have time. <laughs> but it's, um, it's interesting, exactly, because I kind of got that vibe from the article. It's like, in one aspect, they're saying things that nobody is going to understand. But at the same point, they're also dumbing it down so much that it's kind of like, wow, you are really offending diehard Survivor fans right now. <laughs> it's like, make yeah, your mind up. Which angle are you taking with this story? <laughs> it's really weird. But look, my, my hope is that um, it kind of at least generates some sort of interest to true, the, the second season of, a, well, the, I guess it'll be the fourth season of Australian Survivor coming out um, probably in the near future. I mean, the, the guys, they fly out on Thursday from what I understand. Oh, so wow. it's, you know... Uh, it's it's about to get crazy, so um, it's you know maybe not a bad little way to get into some Australian Survivor uh, news stories. And I mean, I, I've got a few little hopes and ideas of what they're going to actually take on board and get a bit more media about the season this year. So hopefully that all happens. And I think you know as <laughs> as shit as it can be, sometimes news news dot com dot au um, it's where people visit. I mean, I, I I'm sure we both bag it, but. I'm on it almost every day, man, so I can't say too much. Look, I, I'm on the same page with you. I literally visit it. Like, it's one of the first things I do when I wake up in the morning and I rip the shit out of it. And can I just also admit, as a lot of people would know, working listening to this show, I used to work for News Corp for one of their newspapers. <laughs> so, kind of got to just, you know, not exactly <laughs> play the innocent card here. Matt Young, if you're listening, hello, Matt. Uh, I think I have <laughs> mentioned and talked about him on online before and... Um, you know, I think I was just grumpy last night when I tweeted out to him, so. <laughs> We're allowed to have grumpy Twitter moments, man. I yes. have them every day, so yes. I wouldn't worry too much. I'm actually, I'm impressed actually to hear that news about, um, yeah, the, the next season. I, I wasn't aware of when they were actually flying out because um, we've also sort of in between covering this, we're sort of also switching focus a little bit to Survivor New Zealand, which uh, is starting in only a couple of weeks as well. Um, so, I mean, it's, I guess it's we sort of on the grand scheme of things. It's a pretty exciting time to be a, a Survivor fan in, in Australia and New Zealand. We can't forget them. In the, 
in the oceanic region. Yeah, yes. it's uh, it's it's going to be. Like, I think Survivor New Z is a. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Like it'll be it'll be good to see if they've actually. I mean, obviously the budget of the prize money and all this sort of stuff is a lot less than what even we had. Um, but I do hope that the production value is of a similar nature because I think that is one thing the Endemol Shine and Channel 10 team did really well is that it just it looked and felt like Survivor. Um, and that was coming from a, a player's perspective out there as well, as well as watching it back. Um, and I've said this in a couple of pods before that, that that day when we rocked up on those trucks and when we rocked up to that first challenge and just looked out and just kind of went... I could. This is an American season. Like I, I could picture, you know, playing up against some of the American players there and having Jeff Props there, and it it just looked American, which was great. Um, and I hope the NZ guys have managed to achieve that as well in their season. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. I think my fiance, when I said that there's a New Zealand Survivor coming out, she was like, "But surely we're not watching that as well." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I think we might. I think we might. We might at least watch a couple of episodes to see how it is." So um, <laughs> she sounds like she's a big Survivor fan, man. Uh. <laughs> you know, you know, man. She was. She hadn't watched a single episode of Survivor um, until I actually got on the show and it was maybe two weeks before i actually flew out to samoa and that i said to her i said well let's let, we should watch some um and uh, now i can't remember what the episode was we watched we watched um a day one episode and i'm trying to think who it was but someone got a bug in their ear um oh, and i can't yeah they, they ended up they ended up, I can't remember who it was, it's just escaped my mind at the moment, but she had this bug that flew into her, like, her It was co Millennials Gen X, wasn't it? That was only a recent in the last 12 months, I feel. Yeah, it could it, it could have been, but I, I get them mixed up sometimes. I'm terrible yeah, when no, it comes I'm, to I'm with you there, I get them mixed up too. History memory, but this had happened, and then there was, I think, like, someone else who had heat stroke, and it was just, like, full on. And she's looking at me going, you've signed up for this? Like, what the <laughs> hell are you- what the hell are you doing, man? How long and had like, you been I'm, in a relationship at that point, Matt? <laughs> well, a few years, but wow. she just never watched. She'd never watched Survivor, um, and yeah, I mean, to see this white pasty guy because that's you know whoever whoever got sunburned at the time was the same as me, um, and it was just kind of going, dude, you are, what are you doing? Um, so yeah, so but she she's now as much of a fan as I am. You know, it's funny. I'll. Like yesterday, she's like, oh, you know, you're going out tomorrow, uh, last night, so I, you know, I have to watch the episode by myself, but <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Like, So then I was up there, I got home and she already watched it. She's like, you have to watch it now because I want to talk about it. I want to talk about, you know, what happens and it's it's cool. So we're creating American fans by having an Australian season as well, which is cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think we, we discussed in the, the little things that we did talk about it before we obviously went off the air. That was kind of one of our biggest concerns was that, you know, we'd had two cracks at Australian Survivor in the past and all of a sudden it's like this came out of the blue. Like, hey, let's do a third season. It feels like nobody asked for it um, except, for, you know, the real diehard fans. But, yeah, no, I completely agree. They, they did it extremely well and, uh, you know, warranted that we're, we're getting another season of it, which is fantastic. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how our, our Kiwi neighbours do it because I know from talking to, you know, we've got a, one of our guys who works on the show from New Zealand, you know, obviously a huge Survivor fan and just mentioning how basically kind of no one in Australia was asking for another season except for the diehard fans. Pretty much even the diehard fans in New Zealand were like, huh, where the hell did this come from? It was like it was a completely see, I, random thing. I don't know if I'd agree with that statement, though, to be honest, because I... Look, I consider myself a fan of Survivor, but I definitely don't consider myself, uh, you know, your, your diehard fans, like your your Nicks and your Andrews and stuff. I, I, I've watched every season, but I'm not, 
like a, like it, a good example was just two seconds ago when I can't recall who the actual <laughs> player was that had the bug in their ear. Like, uh, you know, those guys would know that instantly and they'd hate me for not knowing that. <laughs> but even as a fan of the show, I, like, I'm going to be honest, I Googled and I was on, like, the Wikipedia of Survivor, uh, the Australian Survivor, like, quite often. Like, every couple of months, maybe, just to check to see if there was any news, any goss about a new season coming out, if they were looking at Produce One and stuff. And, like, this happened... Uh, like probably five or for five or six years like constantly just waiting for news and like that's coming from someone who's not a super fan so i feel like there were people that wanted the show man like but maybe it was just we just weren't so vocal about it but um and i think that shows by the fact that there were like fifteen thousand applicants last year and more than that this year as well um, i think it was i think it really came down to the fact that it was i mean more so of a shock of that it had been so long um yeah. you know it's it's it, I mean, and all props to Channel 10. I have nothing bad to say about Channel 10 at all for bringing it back. Because, I mean, it, it also was a shock that it was them who was doing it. You know, obviously, Nine has had the show since the, the very beginning. And, obviously, Seven did the the celebrity version. So, it was kind of like, hey, let's get the, the final commercial network in this country to have a crack at it. And they're the ones who pulled it off. But the thing that I'll say, props to Channel 10, is that this is what they've done a lot recently, isn't it? They're, they've kind of brought back these franchises that, you know, perhaps maybe aren't as big as they once were but they bring in a local version of it and it works. I mean, it's worked for The Bachelor. It's worked for I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. You know, it's working for Survivor. And, and as I was sort of mentioning to somebody the other day with what Channel 10 do well in this country is it's maybe not necessarily entirely based on, on ratings. They actually listen to the fans alongside of, you know, thinking just purely on the numbers, which which is a good thing because, as you were saying, the numbers of people who applied and, you know, the trending topics on social media and just the amount of podcasts, it's a show that is is talked about and I think that's what they listen to a lot more than obviously the ratings. Yeah, I think so too. And a good example of that is, you know, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and probably even MasterChef in that, I mean, especially The Bachelor, those shows, they're, they're not the highest rating shows quite often in, in their time slot, but they know, Channel 10 knows that they they have a real core data, uh, you know, fan base that actually will watch every single episode, so they at least have a base figure. Whatever they can go off of that is fantastic, but they also know there are other opportunities for promotion, advertising, marketing, all that sort of stuff that... You know, other channels maybe don't do so well. Um, and as you said, you know, Survivor trended constantly. It, it was never really at the top of the ratings, I don't think. But it it did well enough that they've decided to still support it. And, you know, Beverly, who's one of the, the heads of, um, she, she seems really keen to continue Survivor going as well. And that's kind of even despite what people might say about the ratings. I think Channel 10 do that really well. So I think we've got the the show in really good hands of a network i feel yeah completely agree and uh we're looking forward to that that next season coming it's, it's kind of hard to say like i mean it's technically the second season of the reboot but if you want a kind of a continuity factor it's the fourth season but it's yeah <laughs> i fight i fight myself all the time about what i want to call it like was, was i on the first season of survivor or was i on the third and like i'd like to say first because i feel like it was the the first actual proper one yeah but I don't want to say that and then feel like it just disregards the, the players that played, you know, the first and even the second seasons who actually still played a game of Survivor despite what 
you know, we might think about the show itself. Um, and I, I would love to think that if, you know, ultimately this keeps going and they you do an all-star season, I would love to think that they might consider some of those people. Look, 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 let's be honest. I don't know if you went back and watched it. I'm sure you did. The very first one back in 2002. It was rubbish until the final episode. And pretty much terrible. everyone who's been in that show has incredibly been cursed for the rest of their life in lots of things that's happened outside of the show. But it, will, it would be kind of interesting to see that um, if they would consider some of those people from that, because I'm sure that there would be some of those, even though that was, what, 15 years ago, that they would play again. And it would be fascinating to see them come back and because no one would remember them because no one remembers the show unless it's us, the diehards, talking about it. <laughs> see, I'd, I'd actually like to see one or two of them come back in just a normal season, I'll be honest. Like, if, 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 if they were cast for see- this, you know, upcoming season... Because you're right, no, like, no one would recall who they were. Like, no one would know who they were. Um, and they could maybe play that to their advantage in a way. I don't know if it's going to have any sort of advantage, but it might. Um, they have played at least a game of Survivor before. So, um, it'd be interesting, I think. I, I think rather than having them come back for, like, a, you know, returnee season where it would literally be, who the hell is this person? <laughs> um, they could use that to their advantage. True. Like, you know, I, I have played Survivor before and I'm going to keep that secret or whatever it might be, you know, do an Evan and not tell them they're drama teachers. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't tell anyone they were part of the season one Australian Survivor f- filmed in Port Lincoln. That, that's a but, good yeah. point. That's a very good point, actually. Because, I, I, I mean, obviously, sadly, the winner, you know, Rob obviously sadly passed away and, you know, Joel sort of is in jail. But uh, I, I remember, yeah, I think it was Katie, that was the name, wasn't it? The one who got, I think, just before the final three she was she was a really strange character and then um was it Sconia Sonia I can never say her name properly the runner-up I mean she was they were interesting people and like I I I say to people who say like oh I really want to watch it I'm like well don't uh if you're gonna watch any episodes of it you know watch the last episode I think the last episode is actually a pretty decent episode it's just if Mm. you want to stomach the entire season to get to that point and that's again what we were so glad that your season ultimately didn't turn into 2002 Australian Survivor I think watch the first episode of it as well because it's just quite funny. Oh, I, I you mean, vote yourself out and the challenge doesn't oh, work. <laughs> the challenge, and then they rock up on those like what look like metro buses that have had <laughs> a couple of like things sticky taped onto them, and I, it, it was it was so funny to watch that go and going. Oh my god! Please don't do this, Channel Ten. Like, just don't get me like a an Adelaide metro bus. What would have uh, you done if you had a rocked up, you know, on these buses and there's uh, you know Jonathan Lapalia standing there? and just looking completely, you know, oh, we don't know how this works. Can you vote yourself out? <laughs> oh, I, d- I don't know. I think I would have been vocal about it. And that's one thing I was fairly vocal out there. And to give Channel 10 and the guys that filmed it all credit, they quite often asked us fans what we were thinking at the time. Not like th- these weren't bits they were ever going to show on the show itself. But, you know, what did you actually think about that twist? What did you think about... You know the the fake merge and the the fake vote vote offs and all this sort of stuff, and I, I think they were genuinely disasking because they wanted to know, as someone playing the game and as also as a fan of the show, what we were thinking about it. Um, they asked us, you know, what we thought about the Sue coming over move and um, all this sort of stuff. So I feel like they genuinely were, were interested. So if I'd rocked up and re- looked at and gone, this is terrible i probably would have been pretty honest about it as well um <laughs> i'd hope as, so as I, as, as I was as as i was honest out there saying to them saying this is looking legit guys like you are 
doing a good job, I think. So, um, yeah. Well, one thing, we're obviously going to be talking about uh, game changers. We haven't forgotten what we're really here for. But, uh, I mean, uh, we sort of mentioned, you know, we're going to obviously talk to you a little bit about Australian Survivor too. I mean, one thing I'd like to get your opinion on, you're mentioning they were asking kind of, you know, your thoughts on these things as, as they went along. I mean, one of my things, I mean, I, I enjoyed your season, Matt. I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it. As I said, it was it was great that we had this Australian version, uh, you know, that really lives up to the US, US format. I guess my only criticism of it was that it did feel a little bit too long. We had too many episodes and we did, of course, ultimately have these, you know, cock teasers of an episode where, yeah, there would be like a fake vote out or things like that and nobody would go. That was my criticism of the of the season. What was your take, I guess, on those as a Survivor fan? And what did you tell them? Like, oh, I don't like this, you know, fake vote out. I don't like the fact that Sue's over here. Or did you like them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was out there. I remember, I mean, it's hard to break that all down into a short, sharp answer, but there were things that I set out there that I didn't enjoy, and that was things like the the Sue uh, bringing her over and having someone at their tribal council. Um, I liked the idea of having Brooke there, but I didn't like the idea of um, having Sue come across. It didn't make any sense. And I think that's what we said at the time. We said, we're not sure what this advantage is going to be, but we're guessing it's going to be either bringing someone or voting someone off. If it's bringing someone over, we're like, I don't understand that it's an advantage. For us, that's not an advantage. It's, it's actually a hindrance on us, to be honest. We just want someone gone. Um, so at the time, I, I, di- I didn't like that. I also said I didn't like the idea of having a merge, um, like the actual merge uh, aligned with an auction in that there was no merge feast as well because I, I liked that moment on Survivor. Um, I also said uh, stuff about the family visit out there as well was that I was expecting it at about six probably and there was a great moment where like um we had a couple of days where there were only reward challenges and my assumption is at that time that's when they were going to do the the family visits because it made logistically sense uh they didn't do it then um so it was those things that i'm like i don't don't like that um a lot of people have issue with the the big advantage that the sanapu i think there was five of us at the time um got where we got to pick those just do the 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 pick of the 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 tribes at the swap and i understand why people don't like it um and it's maybe i'm a little bit biased because it did obviously help my game um but i feel that the it was a little bit overpowered and i said that at the time but i think it became extremely overpowered when uh vaval kind of erupted as they did in that they got rid of you guys, like your Rowans and your Craigs and this sort of stuff. Because in those first couple of challenges, they were really, really competitive. Like, that basketball challenge was, like, tight. Like, they, they could have easily just have won that as much as we could have. Um, but in, when they got rid of your Rowans and your Craigs, it, they just exploded. Uh, and it made that reward and that advantage, sorry, look so much more powerful than it actually was. Um, so, I, I think... There were a few things out there which I think, as as fans, they 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 a lot of people hate that. I, I didn't hate that as much as maybe I expected. I was going to watching it back, um, but out there, I mean, we were just kind of going. We are just destroying these guys now, um, and it, it it actually got to the point where we were rocking up at challenges and we would just expect to win. You know, wow. we 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 just there was there was really we just didn't think there was an option. Um, anytime a puzzle would come up, we would go, "Well, we've got Matt and Nick, we're going to win that." Anytime there was some sort of you know strength, we're kind of going, "Well, they don't have Rowan and Craig anymore. We've got Sam and Lee. We've won." Anytime there was some sort of you know balance, we knew we had your Brooks and your Kylies, and it, we just couldn't see a challenge where they could actually win. Um, the only one we could we considered was that if they might have like a food eating challenge because <laughs> there were a few of us that would have 
struggled um, and they didn't do it. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. There, there was a, a lot of things out there that I really enjoyed and then a few things that I didn't. And we, we made it pretty clear out there as well. And I think you'd, you'd find most of the other guys did the same. The, the one thing actually that I think is the most fascinating, obviously, from kind of having covered and watched the US, obviously the US version, 39 days, it's pretty much a staple. You know, we've had one that went for 42 days and a couple that went for 39 and a half days. Obviously yours is going, you know, for 55 days. You played, Matt, for 51 days, finishing in fifth place, which is incredible. You, 12 days longer than your average US season. And just looking Mm. here to compare this to you, to some multiple US players, I don't know if you've ever looked at this, but you played, having played 51 days, so you played the same amount of days as Kimi Kappenberg did over two seasons as terry deets over two seasons you played one day longer than rob sestanino did on two seasons and one day longer than jeff varner did on three seasons it's 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 insane isn't it mm. um and yeah you we, that that was one thing we sort of were thinking out there at the time as well uh, we are playing a lot of survivor um <laughs> And, you know, even the challenges, there was a, a string of challenges in a row where I think uh, myself, Brooke, Flick and Kylie, I think we have won the most amount of challenges of any contestant in Survivor history like, in one season. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, and, and Nick had this great little list of little achievements we'd all made. And because <laughs> we played for longer, we achieved a lot. And like even looking at that now, going, I don't think anyone's going to beat that record because... Like, no one's going to have that absolute advantage that we had at Sinapu as well. So, I'd be surprised to see anyone beat that record for, yeah. for a while. I think, I, so, I, think, I don't know if Survivor is really still a thing. I know they played for about 70 or 80 days, something ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, I yeah. mean, again, I don't think they, they even make Survivor anymore. But, yeah, I think you, you, you have to be right in that. I'm sure we've got a listener who can clarify that for us. But, um yeah, we did, I think, an episode where we found out the most random person who had won the... Mo- I think it was Boo on Fiji, technically, has won the most in a season cause, just because they had so, such an advantage in that season and he kept winning individual ones. But, yeah, I'd love mm-hmm. for somebody to to clarify, just see how many you guys did win in total because that that, mm. that would be true, I reckon. I reckon Nick will be able to give us an answer. Come on, Nick. So I'll, find, I'll, find out, I'll find out from the King Snake himself. We've got him on the show in a couple of weeks. I'll give him some homework uh, to do. Oh, yeah, please. He'll, he, I'll tell you what, for, for Nick, Survivor is not homework. He yeah. is obs- he is obsessed. So he'll, he'll love it. He'll bring his little book on and he'll have all those facts and figures for you. Yes, uh, I'm sure, Nick, if you hear this. There you go. Uh, now, uh, US Survivor. Let's, let's look at, uh, obviously, game changes. Now, I guess kind of, I mean... We we had the incident last week that made the headlines, obviously, with Jeff and, and Zeke. One, one thing which I thought was interesting, which I wasn't kind of expecting, was, um, you know, ultimately we, we got a bit of conversation, you know, post-trial in the beginning of the episode. But the one thing that I was kind of intrigued and impressed with Zeke, I guess, that he did it, was ultimately when they merged, he openly explained it because this is kind of something i assumed he would just you know say to his tribe like hey cool this happened we don't need to explain this but he he openly discussed it and openly you know had a, had a further conversation were, were you expecting him to do this kind of after what happened last week or did you expect him to kind of sweep this under the rug yeah i don't know it's it's one of these things that i thought as um a human being like yeah maybe he'll he'll tell people you know this now but as a as a survivor contestant i don't know it's there's, it's it's really weird the decisions you have to make when you're playing a game of Survivor have to kind of sometimes be a Survivor decision, and I think telling everyone that is you know it has revealed a big part of what his now story has become uh, and how it will become for this season. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't sure how, what he was going to do there. Um, and I think him telling everyone, it's maybe not a bad thing. But the only concern is, and I think you saw someone mention this after as well, in saying that he now has a really good story uh, in this season. And um, that will be something that people, will, I think, will start to consider soon because you probably don't want to take that story to the end of you because um, I think that story might potentially win against anyone else. Um, so, yeah, it, look, but it, it was... It, it was nice to see just a bit of a human kind of conversation out there as well sometimes. It, it wasn't really... I, I didn't feel like... It was It was kind of not the game for a little bit. And I think even Zeke said that himself, that we've kind of done this all now and now the game is going to begin again. Uh, we've had this little moment where it's kind of a human sort of element of, of Survivor and now it's back into strategy and hard strategy. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of look at that from all the different angles and I can imagine, you know playing out there when somebody tells some form of story, you know, obviously not quite as as revealing and in-depth as what Zeke has done. But, I mean, you know, obviously Johnny Fairplay has ruined this for the history of everyone in Survivor because it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> is this is this the truth or is this a game thing? And I know a lot of people kind of use that argument with Adam winning, you know, Millennials Gen X, that it was kind of like, well, you know, he won because of his story about his mum. And I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because he didn't really reveal that until the final Tribal Council, which, uh, you know, okay, he saved it for the very last moment, which strategically okay, you know, you, you've hit with that news and you're about to vote, it might sway into your mind a little bit. But, I mean, he kind of kept that secret. And I'm not saying anything against Zeke's decision to reveal that because, you know, again, ultimately that's his decision. He's done it. And as you said, it was a real human moment. But it's kind of something that as a as somebody who's playing a game for a million dollars, you can't ignore that, as you kind of mentioned, because it's it's such a big thing. Like, if you are at the final tribal council with Zeke, and Zeke got a fantastic edit this week. It was a very... He had lots of, I guess, what we'd say winner's quotes, which a lot of people are saying, well, Zeke's going to win this game. But it's kind of like, will they let him get to the end based on this information? I, I don't think they will. Um, and, and, and I think... Zeke would be in a different position if all of this happened with Viner and him a little bit later in the season. If it happened at, you know, like the final seven, final six, let's say, then I think he'd be in a much better position than what he might be now. I think coming out when it's when it's all happened at uh, final 13, I think it was, or 14 when Viner left, um, it's, it's quite early still. And there's a lot of players that I think will understand that you probably can't keep that story around and they've got more chances now to make a move against him. I... I I, I I can't see Zeke winning. Is my is my my opinion. Um, I think he'll be one of the next probably four to go. It's it's interesting, kind of just yeah, looking on on how sort of because I mean outside of what obviously he said and his storyline, I mean he's he's playing a good game of Survivor. We we can't obviously ignore that fact. It's it's he's not doing well purely on the fact of this information. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you there too because I know a lot of people in the last week since the the whole incident occurred, everyone's saying, oh, he's won. This is clearly he's winning it, but. I, I'd almost argue that they're sort of setting him up for that kind of, you know, that edit where it's like he's really being talked up, but he's going to get a huge blindside. I mean, you look at kind of... We had two, I guess, what they're saying are blindsides this week. I don't know if Haley's was necessarily a huge blindside. Aussie's was a blindside, but you can't really sell Aussie's too much because he didn't really have much of an edit. I feel Zeke is being set up for this huge blindside. And we kind of saw a bit of a, a feel for that in the second part, didn't we? Where, you know, these these big people are clashing and coming up with ideas. Mm. And and I just, I don't know. I just That's what kind of I feel was happening to Zeke very soon. Yeah, look, I, my, my opinion is the next few episodes are going to be really telling of the rest of the season as well. And I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of blindsides from this point onwards. I mean, I, I'm still 
kind of struggling to see exactly where the alliances actually sit, who actually is going to be going next. Um, and really right now, I'm kind of, I'm gathering most of my opinions on who's going to do well in this season based almost purely around edit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't really, there's not really a lot to, else to take away from it, you know? Um, it, it's really weird. And I was saying last night, um, I, like Aubrey is a, a good example. I just don't, I just don't know how she, you know, is going to do well in this season because her edit has been so purple. Um, and I just, I, I, I can't see that changing. Like, even her last couple of confessionals haven't been about her own game. They've been about someone else's and how great someone else is, basically. Um, and where does that sit? You have to take, I can only take an opinion on how Aubrey's playing by her edit. And I kind of look at her and go, well, she has to be on it soon, I think. And probably in a, pretty boring way she, she won't be a blind side because they would have been building up to that i feel completely agree and i i feel it's really at that point of the season isn't it where this is really what you can tell it's kind of you can almost sit down now with these what are we at final final 11 12 and basically say these are the group that are could win these are the group that are a maybe and these are the people that yeah based on the edit and aubrey's an extremely interesting one because you know she had such a, a big game on Korong, you know, she was kind of, still people to this day argue she should have won and not Michelle. Um, mm. And, you know, she came into this, a lot of people t- talked her up and kind of really put her in one of the the favourites. But her, I mean, it's, I'm not, and kind of what you're saying, it's not that she's playing bad. We don't really know because we're not seeing her, are we? <laughs> mm. Which is weird. I mean, you just, yeah, yeah, you start to take, much more from an edit than what maybe you should sometimes as well. So, but yeah, that, that's what I've been doing this season, uh, which is interesting because I think I haven't really, in the past, I haven't taken as much away from edits as what I am now after playing the game and kind of getting even further into the the fan base of Survivor and kind of really actually starting to look into this sort of stuff and your edgic and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's been interesting. I've really, really actually quite enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm loving different elements of Survivor than what I'd have in the past. So how did you then go into watching your season, knowing where you ultimately finish? You know you're going to get, I guess, a, a decent edit because you make it sort of final five. So you're going to assume you're going to be shown and you're going to have a certain story to go along with, you know, how your game plays out. But did, did were you, I guess, impressed with the overall arc of how you were portrayed? Did you expect it to be different? I mean, what was kind of your feel on how you were shown on the show? Um, oh God, I, I knew there was going to be obviously a period of time in the game when I was going to have this like, like out of the loop or dumbass or whatever it might be edit, um, towards the middle. And then it was kind of going, well, how are they going to show me in my good elements of the game? And I felt like I played a really good pre-merge game, um, and a really good like final, what would have been seven or final for six game. Um, and then there was an in-between which was I'd consider poor. Um, and they could have run with that a lot worse than what they did, I think, as well, um, especially when it kind of everything was finally revealed, like when Brooke actually left. They had they had a lot of, um, <laughs> what could I say? They had, they had a lot of footage of me where they could have really, you know, ripped me. Um, and to give them credit, they didn't. And I... I'd, I feel like they didn't because they probably didn't really need to. And I feel like the, the character they they tried to portray for me was probably not someone that you didn't want to, I don't know, you didn't want to dislike. You kind of wanted to, you, you wanted people to kind of maybe feel at times 
oh, like this, like they actually wanted me to do well. Like that, that's, that's at least what the guys sort of said to me at, at when he, the, the editors, they kind of, the, the hope was that I would be kind of be this guy like Matt, listen, like, listen, you idiot. Like, but not saying that in like a, a negative annotation, but like, kind of, like we actually want you to do something and we want you to actually listen to these people. And that's kind of how they probably edited that. I feel, um, and then the, the, the pre-merge stuff, I feel like they edited that pretty well. There was a couple of, like, one or two bits, and myself and Brooke laugh about it a fair bit still, in that there's this moment where the girls are on the beach, they're, like, sunbathing, and they're checking out Lee in the beach. <laughs> and I'd just, say, I'd just say something like, Lee, like, sorry, like, Brooke, like, you've been on anyone, mate. Like, get off it. Um, <laughs> and at, at, the, at the time, like... That that's the sort of jokes we'd said out there, and there was, you know, things going on that we'd spoken about, Brooke and myself, that... It was kind of more me also being like, Brooke, fucking, you don't want to be one of these like girls on a reality show who's just like giggly, looking up, <laughs> looking at the boys, all this sort of stuff. You don't want to be that. And it probably came out a little bit wrong. And I ended up apologizing to Brooke out there about it as well. And it wasn't a big issue. Um, and it still isn't a big issue. But they, they edited, I feel like they edited that in a weird way in that it was kind of like, well, is Matt like sexist or what is like, what mm. is this meant to be? And there was this other bit where they had me like, they made it seem like I was checking out Brooke's ass, and it was just like, <laughs> what? Like, and, and I was watching this all back, going, like, "Why are they doing this?" That, like, goes, what? that goes well with your fiance, uh, I'm sure. When I you know, get home, I, I, I know. But it was like, where is this story arc going? Like, am I just like this? I, I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what that element of my edit was. But there was that as well, which was really strange. Um, and I think eventually that kind of disappeared. But for a couple of bits there, that happened. Um, so that, that 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 was they were they were the only you know couple of moments where I kind of went, what what is this edit actually meant to be? Um, but outside of that, I think it was a, a pretty fair edit. I think it pretty much showed how I kind of was out there. I think it showed a little less of how strategic I was at the start. Um, they didn't show that in how I was actually playing. They kind of show that in more so what other people were saying. You know, you had Brooke and Flick and whatever saying how strategic I was and how, you know, how much of the game I knew and all this sort of stuff, which was pretty, I think, pretty accurate. Um, but they didn't really show any of my actual discussions about that for some reason. They just showed it from other people's perspective. Uh, perspectives. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had a weird edit, but I think for a first season, everyone's going to have a slightly weird edit. I mean, you can talk to almost every player and I think like players like L and stuff got really strange edits. JL got a strange edit. Like everyone did. And everyone had this sort of story arc at some point where they kind of almost wanted the viewers to hate us. And then like one or two episodes before we left, you actually love them. Like, you know, JL is a good example. Uh, like for so long, no one would have known anything about Jenna Louise. Like no one knew anything about her game, how she was playing. And then on her like final episode of the episode before, all of a sudden she gets this amazing edit where everyone's like, JL, you have like, you got, you, we want you to win. We want you to win. <laughs> and even now people are all like, we want JL to come back. But if you'd asked that like three episodes before she got voted off, not a single person would have said that. Um, so we all had this weird sort of kind of like spike edit that eventually, like when we got voted off, no one wanted that to actually happen. No one really wanted any of the people that got to get voted off to actually get voted off. I think watching the show back, um, at times anyway, maybe not, maybe that doesn't work for everyone, but for a lot of people, I think that's kind of how that was edited. Except for obviously dear old Des in the one episode he's in where, uh, <laughs> I think we got pretty much the, the best of the worst of and everything else in between. <laughs> yeah. 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 
You did. You saw, yeah, I think you just <laughs> sort of saw how that was, and everyone kind of knew what was coming there as well. But I think everyone knew that was coming just by watching the ads as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, it was strange they did that. But, um, yeah, poor Des. Poor Des. Do you, I mean, like, because there's no reunion, so there's not exactly, like, a huge section where you guys can all come together and be like, hey, and obviously Des wasn't on your trial. I mean, are there people out there that you haven't met or, I guess, haven't interacted with as much as, you know, you would in, if this was, say, a US one, given that you'd have a reunion? Yeah. I mean, there, there's still a, a, a few people I haven't actually met yet. Wow. Um, uh, I haven't met Rowan. Uh, I haven't met Craig. Um, I haven't seen Pete, Connor, or Bianca um, after the season's actually finished airing either. Um, and outside of that, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I think probably outside of that, I haven't met Andrew either. Wow. Uh, That's crazy so to think that, isn't it? It's it's weird. I, I almost have to go through the list of names to see who I've, haven't haven't met. I haven't I haven't seen Lee and L outside of Survivor commitments um, from the show, but we've spoken a fair bit. Like L and myself have chatted over the phone a few times and all this sort of stuff. Um, I haven't seen Kylie since it finished either, but we've spoken on the phone a few times as well. So um, yeah, it's weird. We like a few of us haven't met. Um, there are probably a few of those people I don't really have any like growing desire that to actually who meet Matt, who uh, Matt? tell us come on <laughs> no, no the, the, the game is over ben the game is over but um but yeah but but then then there are others that you know um i genuinely feel like we have a really really close connection with and we're you know we are really close friends you know I get, like nick is is a prime example of that you know nick and myself I'd consider Nick a really close friend, um, and his fiance. I'd consider you know uh, Christine a really close friend of mine as well, and uh, and of my fiance as well. Like they they're actually getting dinner tonight together without the boys. Like wow. we've we've become really close to four of us. Um, and then you know people like Brooke. Brooke is uh, like an absolute darling. I love her to death, um, and she's a close friend of mine. As is you know Flick and Sam and Jenna Louise and all these people. You know, out there you would not have ever actually expected a friendship would actually have blossomed from the game. I, I, I just didn't think it was going to happen. But it definitely has in a few situations, that's for sure. Now, I have to ask, obviously, with Nick, uh, you know, you're both Adelaide boys, uh, you know, very proud city of churches. Uh, you're obviously a huge Port Adelaide fan. You're wearing the hat right now. You're an ambassador for the club. Is that kind of when you find out he's from Adelaide? Is that the first thing you say to Nick? Oh, you're from Adelaide. Fantastic. Port or the Crows? It was definitely a question. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he, he, he's not a big AFL supporter, so nah. it wasn't a big thing. But he, he was kind of a Crows fan, so I I said I'd take him to a couple of Port games this year, uh, which I will. But, um, yeah, no, no one really was big AFL fans out out, out on the island. So um, it, it was maybe good in a way that people didn't, like, you know, if someone was going to hate Port Adelaide, they wouldn't hate me. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that was it was good in a way. But, yeah, there weren't too many... Big footy fans out there, unfortunately. Was that a, I mean, the one thing actually that I always found intriguing watching you is that, I mean, you wore sort of the, the shirt that, I mean, yep. I knew was a port shirt, but I think, were there parts of that that were covered up? Did they kind of, were there rules around that or anything? Or did they sort of give you any, you know, sort of things coming into it that, oh, you maybe can't wear that because it's a, it's a team or anything like that? Well, the rules were that you weren't allowed to wear any sort of sporting or uh, logos on, on any gear. Um, so when you send through photos of what you want to wear, I was quite strategic in that I didn't want to send a photo of a Port Adelaide like AFL Guernsey because they would realize it straight away. Um, I knew anyone that hadn't actually 
probably didn't live in Adelaide or hadn't seen that PA monogram before, they wouldn't recognise the the pl- the black jumper uh, as uh, an AFL merchandise, and and the logo on the back is actually black on black, so you wouldn't really see that either. Right. Um, so I knew I'd probably get away with that. Um, the jersey itself um, didn't have any like uh, sponsor logos on it. It just had the again a black on black uh, PA on the back as well. Um, so I just thought, I don't think I'm going to get any of this gear on, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so I did, and it wasn't until um, I got voted off that one of the producers came up to me and said, "Matt, you and that Port Adelaide gear, we are fu- <laughs> we are like furious. You weren't meant to wear that sort of stuff." Wow! Um, After you've been voted out, jeez. Yeah, it, it was in like a funny kind of way though, because they just sort of said like originally the plan was to kind of maybe edit it out and like just you know have this blur or something, but. Because I specifically wore that port jersey at every challenge and I also wore my port jumper at every tribal council, I knew that they wouldn't want to have big blobs or blurs every single time I went to tribal and every single time I went to a challenge. So I knew they'd have to air it, and they did. So um, the club were pretty happy, I think, and maybe the producers will be a little bit more... um, (laughs) uh, They'll do a little bit more research when people send through their clothing for uh, the next couple of seasons, probably because of me. Um, Because even someone someone like Sammy, I mean, he had a living hat, um, and that got taken away from him, and that got replaced with a a red hat uh, without the living logo, just because we weren't allowed to wear logos, basically. So, I mean, again, we're getting sidetracked, but this is what always happens in our episodes. Uh, Matt, you should know that if you've ever listen to any of these but um you're i believe you're an ambassador for the club does that come out after you've been on survivor before i mean how does how does that work no that's been that's been that's been for a few years so that that kind of came uh, about because of my magic um right. which is one of these things that i think a lot of people ha- don't actually realize and that i you know maybe not nationally but um in south australia i was kind of uh, already known maybe for my magic and my you know being a magician and whatever um through things like the adelaide fringe festival and this sort of stuff and social media followings and that kind of stuff so um i was already an ambassador for port adelaide and already an ambassador for a couple of charities as well um and that i guess has maybe just increased a little bit since survivor but um yeah i i I I wasn't someone to go on a reality show in the hope to get those sort of things that that for, very fortunately for me I'd already had a couple of them already sewn up before going on the show. Do you do you want to give you the charities a plug if you're still involved with them at all? I feel free to. Yes. So I've, I'm I'm dealing working with a couple at the moment. So a charity called Barcuma, which is a really great um, South Australian charity which helps um, people with disabilities get into the workforce. Uh, helps them with training and this sort of stuff. They're a really great bunch of people um, and very much underfunded, but, you know, absolutely fantastic in what they do and they do some really great work. And another one run by one of my good friends, Zoe, uh, it's a charity called God Insulin, which is a charity uh, based around diabetes and helping people um, to get sponsorship to help to get their, their insulin pumps and this sort of stuff. So fantastic. With those, working with those guys for a couple of years as well as Port Adelaide, and then uh, I've done a bit of stuff with like PlayStation and Sony and all this sort of stuff. So, I mean, they're just as good. Um, so, yeah, and the so perks, the so perks, you know, just a small sort of, you know, uh, I'm sure you get a few things there from Port Adelaide. I mean, do you, do you have, when was the last time you paid to get into a Port Adelaide game, man? Am I allowed to ask you that? <laughs> I, I actually, so I, I have, I buy every year eight memberships and like eight, eight like, yeah, so stupid. But uh, and they're all like they're all like high. Like, then I don't get the basic ones either. I get like pretty good ones because um, I actually take my dad and my brother and all sort of stuff. Who wow. none of them are Port fans, but I bring them to every game. You um, make them be Port fans. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Um, but the club offer me, you know, um, 
tickets every game, but I haven't taken any yet. I just don't. Oh. I, I, I was one of these big port guys that would go to the games when there was, you know, 10,000 people there. Um, and I'd sit there in the rain, angry that the club was going so pathetically. But <laughs> I'd go to, I'd go to every game. Um, so I kind of want to make sure that my support financially of the club doesn't stop just because of, you know, um, the fact the club are doing a little bit better now than what we were a few years ago. So, Fantastic, yeah, actually. Still, still paying for all my tickets and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the bet, dude, the best perk I got was from PlayStation a couple of years ago. Um, and it was so, it's a bit of a funny story. And I don't know if I should tell it because I haven't told it uh, in a recording before, but I will. But they used to send me like PlayStation 3 games. And then when the PS4 came out, it swapped and they started sending PS4 games instead. Um, so they were sending me like heaps and heaps of games. Like anytime a new game would come out, I'd get it. But the issue was like, I just, like I was still quite small in Magic, and I just quit my job working at a bank, so I had no money. Like I, I was basically almost bankrupt, and I didn't have enough money to buy a PlayStation. <laughs> so I didn't have a PlayStation Four, uh, but they kept sending me all these games, and they're like, "Oh, Matt, it'd be great if you can like take some photos of you playing it, posting them on Twitter, and this sort of stuff." So I ended up having to send these games to my friend who had a PlayStation, who would do that all for me. Wow. So he would like up the controller with the game in the background because I just couldn't afford a PlayStation. But I was still getting all these PlayStation games. <laughs> and then when it was coming to Christmas, my fiance is like, I'll get you a PlayStation for Christmas. And I'm like, that's amazing. I'd love it. But then we decided we wanted to go overseas instead to do some magic stuff. Uh, so we're like, look, we can't really afford to get a PlayStation. And I was like devastated, <laughs> like truly, truly devastated. But on this day, the same day, I got this email from Sony just wanting to make sure they have my like current address. And I'm like, here it is. Um, and then I also saw on on the same day there was a, a PlayStation like limited edition, 20th anniversary, only like a thousand being made, being released. And I said to Kira, I'm like, just can you imagine if that's what they're sending me? <laughs> and anyway, a couple of weeks later, like two days before Christmas, rocked up this PlayStation, which I saw on the day it was like selling for like $20,000 on eBay and wow. stuff. And it's just like it's it's this most it's the most beautiful thing in the entire fucking world, and it's sitting in my downstairs lounge room, and it's yeah, I I love it. So now now all the photos are legit actually from me this time. So in the past they they definitely weren't. So you could probably someone could scroll back and find the original ones and see the hand looks very much not like my hand. Wow, um, that is some they had no idea. That is that is a good story. I, I kind of am so always that was, a, that, was a, that was a really long story as well, man. No, but I'm it works. It's it's Shut it's a up. good one. <laughs> the one the one thing that I almost got out of that it's like I feel like playing the game of fuck Mary Kill right now between your PlayStation Port Adelaide and your fiance, but I think that might be dangerous. Oh, <laughs> real da- real dangerous, man, real dangerous. <laughs> we won't we won't stoop to that level. We won't stoop to that level. One thing I'll say quickly again: we can survive it. Sidetracked everything. Um, I we talked about this off air. I'm a Carlton fan. Uh, obviously, our teams play each other this evening, and uh, yeah, I think I pre- pre- predicted you guys to beat us by 39 points, but I kind of feel like it might be a little bit more than that because Cruz is not playing and I mean Thomas isn't playing but I mean that's no loss anyway he's done nothing for us in about two and a half years so <laughs> that's a positive that's a positive probably I'll be honest but yeah it's gonna be gonna be a big game man and now that I've got your contacts I'll be able to send you a bit of abuse when we win please you. do we win tonight please I actually <laughs> I, I know a couple of Port fans but I I generally base my like or hatred of a club on their supporters as I think a lot of people do 
And the Port fans I know are, are nice people. They, they're not, you know, yeah. I've no problems with Port Adelaide. I might tonight. There's been, <laughs> there's been a bit, there's been a bit, of, been a bit of media about us lately, which hasn't been as positive. So yeah. as, long as, as long as your friends aren't the fans that I've seen in the media, I'm sure they're they're good people. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I have nice friends, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I hope at least. Anyway, um, just going on what we're talking about with the edit and kind of going on, you know, obviously mentioning someone like Aubrey. You don't think can win? Just, just quickly. I mean. Uh, are there a couple of people based on the edit right now that you would say are in that that can win basket? I mean, who who are the people you are looking at right now as potentially can win this game? The the can wins, I think, would be. I mean, I, th- I think Zeke is definitely a potential can win. Um, I also think someone like Andrea, maybe uh, like your Cole Pepper. Um, I think they're they're a good chance to maybe win. I think. The can'ts would be, I think Aubrey's a can't. I think Michaela's a can't. Um, and then outside of that, then there's a bunch of others, which I just don't know. Uh, my opinion, I said this from day one, I think Ty is making top three, um, but I don't think he's going to get a single vote. Um, Troyzan's an interesting one. I just don't know where he's at. And Sari, like, I, I just don't know. Like, why is she still there? Like, I don't don't get how they're keeping it. I mean, she's only a bit of one trouble, so that's why. But she's not even been spoken about. I'm I'm with you. I'm exactly with you. And I've said, I've said throughout this season and from day one, if I was on a tribe with Sandra, Tony and Sari, I'm targeting Sari out of those three. And the fact that... Oh man, 100%. Yeah. And I just don't, and I, I, the thing that surprised me, because I actually hadn't realized she hadn't been to tribal until we saw that torch. I'm like, oh right, she hasn't been to tribal. But it's, it's fascinating that no one's coming after her. And like, we saw, I think we saw the best of Sari about how good she is at this game in this, in this episode, because this is what she does. She does it without people realizing that she's doing it. And, I mean, she's constantly voted as the best player never to have won this game. I think she's just stamping her authority on that title. And she's just, she's so good. And why isn't anybody worried about her? I I, I don't know. Kira was saying to me last night, she, we think she's top three. And it would definitely not surprise me if she makes it that far. Um, but then it also wouldn't surprise me if we just start to see in the next couple of episodes an edit start to appear where people want to go on because they know how strong she is. Like I, she could go one of t- one or two ways. I think she's either going to make top three or it's just going to be this weird edit where all of a sudden, Oh, you know, she's a big threat and they'll get rid of her. Um, I don't know which way it's going to go yet, but it'll, it'll, I think we'll start to get a bit of an idea. If she's not gone in the next three tribals, she's making top three. That's what I, that's what I think, and I think it would be the, the both perfect fairy tale for this entire season that she wins. I think it would just, I mean, even more of a fairy tale than fucking you know Boston Rob winning because I mean you know he was handed that win. But I mean, it's <laughs> I think I mean the interesting thing even to look at it, you were sort of mentioning about you know still not really knowing where the alliances are at this point, and I'm kind of the same because I mean you look at Sari and you're thinking, okay, well where does she stand? you kind of, in a way, don't know. Because, like, yeah, she's sort of swaying to one side of things, but she's playing that strategically, isn't she, where, you know, she voted for Michaela that first time around because she wanted, obviously, you know, appearances to show that she was, you know, with the people going for her. But then in the second time around, she was the Sierra vote. It's kind of, you know, when those names are coming out and you see an Aubrey vote and a Sierra vote, you're like, well, where do they come from? But then you ultimately see it's from Sari. So, again, she's playing that sort of area where it's like she doesn't really want to fully align herself to a group. And, again, it's what Sari does so well and nobody's questioning that. 
Mm. I, it's 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 really interesting how she's managed to sneak under the radar of of the players out there. So, yeah, I don't know, man. This season, I still, <laughs> I, I I just don't know. I wish I wish I could solidify who I think is going to make it at the end. I I just don't know. Um, even like someone like Debbie, I hated her edit pride like I, I just thought she was a nut job uh <laughs> up and up until like l- last night's episode i'm like going she's like now playing an okay game like she's she's all of a sudden she's like she's realized she's has to you know become friends of Pepper again and like she's like she's taking all of that <laughs> that great corcoran twist she's using it to her advantage and she's like playing a better game than what she was prior so I, I, I'm just really unsure, man, right now of where everyone sits. Um, and I think it's going to take a couple more episodes to actually kind of get a really good idea of where everyone actually is at. The, the biggest thing about that whole Debbie bit is it, it almost came out of nowhere. But, I mean, it's, it's weird to even mention this in the same sentence. It was smart by Debbie. Um, because Ozzy kind of going into, particularly that first part of the episode... Um, you know, again, Ozzy's sort of just there and thereabouts, and then nobody sort of seemed to be targeting Ozzy, and, I mean, look, Ozzy's no strategic mastermind, he's no Siree, but when you're at this point in the game, and he's so dominant individually, I mean, we heard Jeff talk that up so much, he's never lost his challenge, and this is the thing that kind of amazed me with Ozzy, the fact that he wasn't ever being a target, so for Debbie to do this, and again, it just seemed so on the cast, let's do it, and it worked... Um, I mean, props to Debbie. I'm going to give her a round of applause for that because I wasn't yeah. even expecting that to come from her. <laughs> I, I, I think she was one of the players of this episode, to be honest. Yeah. I thought she actually, yeah, she t- she turned it around for me as well. And I even said that last night and I'm going, I don't want to like Debbie really, I'll be <laughs> honest. But I, I quite liked her last night. I thought she was good. So there's there's been a lot of players that have surprised me um, this season. And that, I think that's one of the things I'm taking away from it so far and that... Um, Players are doing things I wouldn't have expected to see from that particular player, and it's it's been good to watch. Now I'm going to follow you up on that question to say who who they would be. I mean, I, I would I just from my standpoint, these episodes I put someone like Sierra, who's really coming to to full, uh, you know, tilt right now, particularly in these episodes, as somebody who's really starting to play this game. Um, yep. And I would also put Cole Pepper in that. That would be from. I mean, I'm I'm with you, Cole Pepper. I'm a huge Cole Pepper fan. I'm a huge Troyzan fan. I've not hidden that fact throughout this season. But the the, the differences between Brad and Troyzan is that Brad is just wow. I think he's done fantastically this season. So I've given my answers. I'm not trying to preempt you with yours. But uh, I mean, who would be those ones in yours that uh, obviously uh, you would be surprised with? Uh, well, I think you just have. You, you just said the exact same names that I think everyone's kind of thinking right now. Players that, you know, I, I think if you'd said to a lot of people, Culpepper's coming back in this Game Changer season, people would be like, why? Like, why Brad? Um, but he's he's playing a game, which is, he's, he's changed by his original game. You know, he's, he's changed by Monica's game as well. You, you know, he references that a lot in that he wants to play kind of how Monica would play and stuff. And it's... Like I'm, I'm loving his game. I'm loving his edit. There was a, an, a a scene last week where he was talking about you know him and Monica and how it was really tough for him because he felt very individual as did she when she got back from her game and he'd kind of played a much smaller game um, in Blood Blood vs Water. Uh, Blood vs Water. Yeah, it was Blood vs Water, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he'd played this like 
he'd been there for such a short amount of time. She was there longer. And I, I just loved hearing this sort of conversation because it's the exact same thing that um, my family and Kira and myself felt when we got, when I got back as well. Um, and I hadn't heard that from an episode, a season of Survivor before out of the, the mouth of one of the contestants. Um, so it was, it's, I'm just loving his edit. I'm loving the way he's playing. I'm loving the way he's got himself in a real solid position. He is still a, a physical threat out there. But no one's really targeting him yet. He's kind of in the, in his good position. He's kind of got a little bit of control over. I think Troyzan probably. Like I I, I don't know. Um, again, it's still hard to know actually who has control over who. But I feel like he's got a bit of say about what Troyzan maybe does there as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm just I'm I'm just enjoying his edit especially. He, he he's probably one of my favourites so far. Troyzan, I could not have spoken more highly of him, especially when he did that idol move. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the way he picked up that idol was just beautiful. Um, and does he, he still has that idol, doesn't he? He does. Trying to he think. Does. He yeah, which Ty's I mean, still got two. Ty's got two. Troyzan's got one. It hasn't even been mentioned. And those two guys haven't even had really the risk of having to play it yet. That is like, that's strong. Um, and the fact that, you know, uh, the, I think they're both in good positions as well, both of those two boys. But um, Troyzan, I think, is playing a, a fairly good game as well, I think. We're probably not seeing as much of it as what we I had at the start. Um, but the fact that he's got that idol there, I think, is a... Yeah, I think he's in a, in a good place. And that's possibly why I can see both Ty and Troyzan being very close to the end, if not at the, at the end. Um, and that, that makes me so happy just to even think about... Because, like... I, I swear I'm the only person on this planet who defends one world as a good season. And, um, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I've known, you know, we've had, we had Troy Zan on the show plenty of times. I was actually having a brief conversation with him during the week, just kind of saying like, hey, look, you know, fantastic season. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how this all plays out. And, you know, just, just knowing kind of how much he wanted to get on the show the first time, how much then he tried to get on the show a second time to finally be out there. I just, I really hope it pays off. I mean, look, my ultimate final three would be like a Sari, a Troy Zan. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of Brad. I would love to see that. Just kind of from a, a romantic standpoint of how this would turn out. I'm not saying Sari and Troy Zan would be romantic. I'm saying more from a survivor romantic perspective as a fan, you know. And, and let's throw Michaela in there because let's be honest, how good would Michaela be at Final Tribal Council? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would be. I, I, look, I can't see it happening, but my lord, it would be amazing to watch. So, that I mean, that wouldn't that be a dream? Having Troyzan, Ty, and Michaela as a top three. Oh, that would God. Troyzan might win that. <laughs> he actually might. He actually might. That would be. You know, I could even see Ty having a slight chance of winning that as well. Really? That, that would be wow. <laughs> that that would be. But that's probably the only chance I can see Ty winning. Yeah, I was um, gonna say that's that's a stretch, but we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I I think that'd be that'd be a lot of fun to watch. And there's yeah, I mean, if Michaela can get a bit further in this game, uh, she's entertaining. That's to say the least. The so. one thing, the one thing that I I guess uh, with Brad, uh, you know, we had the Cole Peppers on a couple of times. I mean, I'm a huge Monica fan. I'm a, I'm a Cole Pepper fan, just in general. Um, that's why no one listens to the show because they know I like them. But uh, it's it's interesting. I remember I think we had them both on for a, a recap during someone Del Sur from memory. And you would talk to them about kind of like the future, how would it go? And sort of, you know, Monica, look, you got so close. You obviously want to come back for a third time. And Monica was basically like, look, I've had my time. I've had my journey. I've had my two shots. Didn't win, sadly. It's all about Brad now. It's all focused on let's get Brad back on and give Brad that opportunity. And I just love that kind of that thought process from them that they are just such a connection. They're so, you know, they're so one, basically. 
And every single time we get, a, I get a mention, you know, I see a mention of Monica, I, I smile. And the fact that we got the hashtag WWMD back, I don't know if that shows on the Australian airing, but um, it just makes me happy. I really just, oh, just, I, I want this family visit to come soon and I want Brad to still be there. If I see Monica, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> it'll be it'll be really nice to see so i hope that happens as well it'll be cool and the, the one thing actually the interesting thing obviously with the merge i mean you mentioned how you didn't get the merge feast we got a massive merge feast this time around but obviously the twist two people you know one from each tribe sit out i, I liked it it kind of was a real one you know it's one of those survivor moments isn't it where it's like wow you know who's going to be selfish and do this and obviously it was brad and ty i loved the reactions from the tribes it's kind of it's I think it was mainly uh, uh, with Ty when he did it. And Andrew just basically, like, there was no kind of sympathy. It wasn't like, oh, are you sure you have to? It's kind of Ty's like, oh, look, I'll do it. And Andrew's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, look, that is how I, because I feel like if we had that choice, it probably would have been me that would have um, given up my, my feast at the time, I'll be honest. And I feel like I would have been like Brooke and Flick would be like, okay, you're cool. <laughs> I think that would have been, that's how it would have been. <laughs> so, I mean, so my biggest question of all that, and this is just a weird thing that I, you know, how they said, like, if nobody did it, you get your cracker and your iced tea. Does Brad and Ty at least get that cracker and iced tea feast? Like, come on, surely they deserve that. I know, right? But I, I don't think they did. I thought, like, I think they get nothing. So, um, but yeah, that, that I'll, I'll be honest, the cracker and the tea looked all right. Yeah. I would have been happy with that. That's more than you used to get. Like, I mean, I think that was kind of a, you know, I mean, remember the back in the day when you'd get the taste of like a Dorito if you would win it and you'd oh. literally get one Dorito you'd have to bite between each of the people. Dude, it's more than what I got from my merge feast, so they should be bloody grateful for the yeah. the cracker the cracker and the tea. Yeah, and particularly particularly also we got the the return of the the sponsored challenge. I mean, you guys obviously had, you know, Hungry Jacks every 5 seconds, but I mean, what what even was that company? I've written it down somewhere, but it was like Everything, and I swear, it's kind of gotten to the point where the producers, they've obviously gotten, you know, doing the confessionals. And like, oh, I love this Spa Reward Challenge. No, 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 cut. You love the sponsored Spa Challenge. <laughs> I I got really confused when they were talking about the Spa, and I can't remember Marshalls. what the name was. Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. And in, in my head, I was trying to think, is there, like, a Marshall that has some sort of relevance to Survivor, <laughs> and it's, like, his Spa... Yeah. Or, like, is Marshall some character that I've just totally forgotten about that is going to be there? Or he's, like, it's you know, a bit of an in-joke to survive it. And I'm like, oh, no, it's just some sort of brand that I, I'm not aware of. It a, was, I've just Googled it here quickly. A chain of American and Canadian off-price department stores. There you go. Of course it is. Yep. Um, that's what I would have said. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was really interesting because I haven't seen one of those sponsored uh, rewards for a little while. So it was it was it was funny. I look, there were, no harm done. I didn't hate the Hungry Jack stuff either. Everyone gave it shit. I thought that's if they want to make if they have to make Australian Survivor by having sponsors dollars, that's how they're going to have to do it. So get used to it. It's not going to go away, I can't imagine. I, I don't mind it either. Like, I don't get why people complain about, you know, product placement when it comes to this. But it's think just it's- a bit of... It's a bit of fun. And look, I swear to God, the amount of... Like, it works. The amount of Hungry Jacks, Hungry Tamers, <laughs> like those survival boxes I had, <laughs> I, I very rarely eat Hungry Jacks. I eat Hungry Jacks a lot now because I ate so many of those fucking boxes. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and so many of my friends did the same. Like, the amount of times I went to Hungry Jack's after watching an episode of Survivor is ridiculous. So, what was was the good. food cold, though, Matt? The whole time I'm watching that, looking at the plate of, like, the Whoppers and the burgers and all that kind of stuff they did, I'm thinking, how long are they out there producing that challenge and doing all that? So well, they have to put well, it in the microwave quickly? We cooked the Whoppers ourselves, so that was okay. So that was – they were they were hot. Um, the egg and bacon rolls, they were cold. Um, but they were still – like, they were still fine. Uh, the coffee was hot. Um, trying to think what else. The cheese was a little bit like – like, you know how cheese goes a little bit dodgy sometimes when yeah. it's been left out in the sun? It, a little bit like that. Um, but most of, most of it was pretty good. The chocolate feast, man, I still can't get over it. Um, <laughs> that was that was perfect. Like, that was oh. – Oh, I'm just thinking about that now. I just want to give you a ever. quiet moment there, just to have the time with the chocolate. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna need like 15 minutes after this podcast, <laughs> just thinking about that, thinking about that chocolate bloody feast. It was amazing. The, um, the funniest thing that I, I love about the fact that it's sponsored by Hungry Jacks is that, uh, you know, uh, Americans watching it have no fucking idea what the hell it is. I mean, I was, <laughs> you know, in a relationship with an American for a while, and I had to explain to her Hungry Jacks, which she basically <laughs> referred to as Happy Jacks because she didn't, you know, get the differences between it. it's like, dude, it's Burger King, all right? Just just get through here. It's Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I love it when they're watching. Well, I don't know what this place is, but it looks all right. It looks yeah. all right. Yeah, it's uh, and but I mean, it's just, it's just, it's so. I, I was glad that we kind of had this back because I mean, again, I couldn't imagine, you know, if this was some other place. I mean, look, it, it's gotten Australians discovering what Marshalls is. I'm sure next time we're in America, Matt, we see one, we're gonna be like, fuck Marshalls, Survivor. I'm gonna go in there. Exactly. I'm going to be into Marshalls. Yeah, I'm yeah. keen to check them out. Exactly. You you did well, Marshalls. You're selling it. Like, I, I don't know if they're like, you know, the, the shit brand in the USA. Like, they're the reject shop of the USA that people are like, you know, reject shop sponsored uh, Survivor Challenge. Nothing. It's a reject shop. They've got some great stuff. But I can't imagine <laughs> that we're going to have the reject shop spa reward in season, you know, the next season of Australian Survivor. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it would create a lot of excitement if you were getting told that the uh, the prize was sponsored by the reject shop. I'd, yeah, what do you? What, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too stoked about that. I'll be I'd honest. I'd like to see um, them do it. I'd like to see them do it. If you're listening, Channel Ten, you still got some ideas up your sleeve. Uh, I want to quickly touch on. I mean, look with the vote, Haley. It was Haley versus Michaela for the first bit. I, I the, the only disappointing thing that I came from that was a Michaela did not you know go off like she did in the last season, and b. And this is just coming from the fact that I'm a massive James Bond geek, that there was no more references, uh, the fact that Hayley mentioned Die Another Day, which if anybody listens to our sister show 007 will know the ongoing joke about Die Another Day. I was disappointed that there wasn't more made of that. Like, she's mentioning James Bond. Hayley became all right in my book since she got voted out. Yeah, it's don't, don't you hate that when you start to like someone and you yes. go, oh god, and then they <laughs> they just they go. It's the worst. Like, yeah, but no, it, look, the the Haley vote was, yeah. I mean, I thought Haley played alright to be honest, and I thought she she even played that final tribal not too bad, not not too bad either. But um, yeah, um, I mean, I guess she just she just had to go. I li- I liked her her reference there where she says um. You know, I'll, you want to shake me down, shake me down right now. I've got no idol. It's kind of like, mm. it was it was an interesting play. And like, look, again, I, as I've kind of said throughout this season, it's, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with Hayley coming back at, on an all-star season. My <laughs> issue is the fact she's on a season called Game Changers. I mean, if this was all-stars two, fine. I have no issue with her being back. 
it's just kind of hearing people try to defend her as a game changer. There's no disrespect to Haley as a person or a player of this game, but, you know, you compare... She's on a season with Sari, uh based on game changers. I don't see the, the correlation there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, very true. Very, like, yeah, it, it's one of these things, isn't it? When you have a title of a, a season like this, you kind of expect they're all going to be your big game changers. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I don't know why she's there or why she was there. I, I, I did love her final words, though, when she's like, these people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to have a good exit. The, the second part of it, though, uh, I mean, I think I was mentioning this you off air. Not a whole lot happened until really the tribal council and sort of everything else between. I don't really want to mention the challenges, Matt, because... I'm very negative on Survivor modern day challenges post merge because they're all the same challenge. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all this endurance stuff, which I fucking hate. Um, it's every not time even real the- endurance. Let's be honest. Like you think endurance, I think back to Tom and and Ian on a pole for twelve hours in Palau. Not all oh, the graphic comes up. They've been out there for twenty minutes. <laughs> Look, I, I would tell you what, though, that challenge where you have to get on your tippy toes and, and hold that thing up, that is the, the toughest challenge we did on our season. It is really hard. Um, and, like, I, I'll, we actually, uh, that is the only challenge we had to actually do twice. Wow. Um, because what they do for those sort of challenges, uh, and they did it only for that one and also the one where we had the, that ball in that circle thing where we had to spin it around um the the only two challenges where they did they give us the first 30 seconds and they say as long as there's still i think three people left at the end of that 30 seconds we the game actually starts but you have to everyone has to like get in their rhythm for that first 30 seconds it was that challenge and also the challenge we saw with the tippy toe thing and we had to do it twice because the first round every single person fell off under 30 seconds. Wow. There was, I think, maybe one person, like maybe L was left, I think, maybe. Um, It is really difficult because you are literally, you're not just on your tippy toes, you are on the absolute limit of your tippy toes. Like, they they measure us all individually and they literally, they watch your, and your feet have to be as high up as they possibly can be. Um, It's, 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 fucking full on like jl I, I finished second in that challenge and jl beat me and she lasted i think it was a, just a little bit under four minutes um and almost everyone fell off in less than two like it, it it's it's brutal so um yeah don't get me wrong it's not you're not out there for a day but it's 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 that one's really tough um but their pole challenge like they they lasted like the winner was like an hour and forty minutes I think it was or no, no less than that an hour and thirty like the girls and us did it for like six hours mm. and they they could have gone for so much longer like they could have been up there all day if they wanted to they were they were insane those girls even I did an hour and ten minutes um, and if I can do an hour and ten and the Americans are only doing an hour and thirty I, I don't know you're watching that going oh, Aussie Aussie shit at this uh, I can I know, beat Aussie. I can- <laughs> I think we would, I think Nick tweeted last night that he was stoked because he beat Aussie at a challenge, and yeah. um, it's it's funny to consider that because you know Nick's not the most uh, physical challenge beast either. So yeah, weird, we a weird endurance. Um, I, I just I just like to see different challenges. Uh, I'm sick of endurance. I was sick of endurance out on our season as well. Um, and I don't want to get sick of it watching this one. So it's hopefully, just, yeah, it's just difficult because I mean I can imagine obviously after thirty four seasons, you know, it's it's a bit of a stretch to come up with something new. But the difference I find is that 
it's it maybe not necessarily about coming up. They like to recycle challenges, but go back and watch like the first five, ten seasons with some of the individual challenges. Like there were some unique ones they've never t- they've never done again. And my biggest thing too is like reward challenge. I mean, reward challenges. A lot of people argue will become obsolete. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I just think they need to do it differently. We we get these generic let's split you into two teams and then that winning team will go i mean what happened to the good old days when one person wins and they've got to choose people because that creates drama and Mm. tension and you know possibly game you know changing moves I, i i don't understand why they've sort of basically ignored that fact for a few seasons Bring back Survivor 10-pin bowling, Ben. Yes! The, the, fans, the, fa- the fans want it. <laughs> and the kite-flying challenge. We have not had a kite-flying <laughs> challenge in 30 seasons, Matt. <laughs> it makes no sense. One. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. I, I am the defender of Tangram Challenge from Thailand. I don't even know if you would remember that. But, like, t- the Tangram Challenge uh, is often derided as one of the worst. But, uh, you know, they basically had to make a Tangram. But, like... I hate puzzle chat. Like, everything has to have a puzzle at the end of it. It's kind of like, it's you don't always good. have to have a puzzle, but Tangrams, I'm yes, all for. Yes, you do. You do? You always need a, you always need a puzzle. Because <laughs> then, otherwise, people like myself have no <laughs> chance. You're the puzzle man, so it's kind of like, no, we need the puzzle, Ben. <laughs> Any, anytime there was a puzzle, I was like, anytime there wasn't a puzzle, I would always, like, complain to the <laughs> the staff, being like, guys, give me a puzzle, man. I can't do this. And, yeah, they were every time there wasn't a puzzle, I was in serious strife. It was it was kind of interesting. I mean, you know, props to Ty. He outlasted Aussie. He was obviously undefeated going into that. And, you know, we know, as I sort of mentioned earlier, how good Aussies is at challenges. But, I mean, it, you know, we touched on the fact that Debbie kind of brings this idea up. Aussie gets blindsided, uh, which, you know... He, he has a habit of... He, he's kind of almost like a Boston Rob. It's like a 50-50 with him. He basically makes it to the end or he goes early. The difference between him and Boston Rob, Boston Rob goes before the merge or before the jury. Ozzy at least makes the jury. I mean, he now yeah. obviously is the overall record holder. So uh, basically now four times in, 128 days he's played. I mean, that, that's no mean feat whether you're an Aussie fan or not. But, I mean, what's your you, general take you on think, the guy? Do you think Aussie's game, though, has got worse as each season he's returned like like that's kind of how i sort of see aussie um it's just in that he's kind of yeah i don't know like i feel like this was his weakest season um and i don't even know if this is one of his in regards to when he made it i'd have to have a look to see how far he made it in the other seasons but um i feel like he like i just yeah i just didn't get a lot from him this season. It um, seemed interesting he- also, I found with Aussie, that, I mean, we're going back to what we're saying about edits, and I guess it's difficult on a season like this when... Because this is the first time he's actually played in a full All-Star season, believe it or not. He was only on a 50-50 one in Micronesia, and then, of course, it was just him and coach on South Pacific. Pacific so, yeah. Yeah. But, it's but yeah, like, cause his edit kind of was almost invisible for some time, which is weird for someone like Aussie. But, yeah, I, I would agree with that, because... You know, he's revered as this great player. He's good at the survival aspect of Survivor. But, I mean, he was brought back on South Pacific, of course, because, you know, he needed to improve his social game. I'd say he made it worse on South Pacific, and this time around we didn't really even get to see it. We saw none of it. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what he's like. So, yeah. um, I feel like that'll be the last we see of Aussie for a um, a period of time. We, we I feel like we might see him again. Um, if they do like a, you know, if they get to the 50th season and they bring back all these like big names that people will remember forever, um, which I think, which, which I do hope they do. Um, 
But outside of that, I don't need to see Aussie again, I'll be honest. Well, we've now had four four-time players. It's kind of like, who will be the first five-time player? And I would argue out of those four, now we've obviously got Rupert, Ram, Rob, Aussie and Sari. I'd argue it would be between Aussie and Rupert. I, I, I honestly believe when Boss and Rob says he's done, he's done. Uh, Sari... Look, I'm, it's not that I don't want to see her play again, but I mean, she might win this season and then she doesn't want to come out again. But Rupert, come on. I mean, the guy would play every season if he could. And Aussie would too, because <laughs> I know from Aussie, when having him on the show, I mean, he he lives for Survivor. He he lives for the fact... He, he said, I would just go out there and live by myself because he just loves the fact that... He loves the whole living off the land thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I, I just feel like we've probably seen enough of him. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like... I actually feel like all these players will play again. Um, even Rob, uh, but I think it will be it'll take them a special season to actually ultimate that legends or the best of the best. I think that'll be it. It'll be like whether it be even like the final season or something. I don't know, or but or or they'll do like you know something for fi- the fiftieth season or whatever it might be. Um, but they'll get all those players we just named. They'll they'll all get their their last chance, I reckon. And I can see it exciting. happening. It would be exciting. I mean, there. Are, I mean, a lot people just always go like ah, oh, four time players, you know, all this sort of stuff. I mean. There are there are some three time players who I would gladly see back for a fourth time, and, and you know it's kind of sad to think that there are many one time players you want us to come back for at least for a second. But you know somebody who's a huge fan of say like a Jerry Manthe and a Colby, you know I would gladly see them play for a fourth time. Jerry Manthe on a fourth time, please. She got so close in Heroes vs Villains. She needs to come back and win. <laughs> But there's so many of these players who want to come back. We want them all to win. It's yes. going to be really. Di- it's going to be really difficult to for who to follow. To be honest, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, I should mention the extra vote. I mean, this is the fourth time we've sort of. I mean, third time we've technically got the extra vote. We kind of got a, a version of it in in second chances, but it wasn't necessarily. It was more of a vote steal than an extra vote. But uh, mm-hmm. third time lucky. Finally, the person who had the extra vote played it successfully. And and if Debbie didn't do it, then clearly this wouldn't have worked. So. Uh, again, extra props to Debbie for, for pulling this off because it's a it's a twist, I guess, that some people don't like. It's a twist that really hasn't played itself as working until now. So, yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't expect that she was going to take that twist, that, that, that advantage, to be honest, when she had the choice between the three. Um, and she played it really well, um, really smart, and she's put herself in a, a pretty good position now as well. She's built a bit of trust between people now, and she's, you know, made that good move. So, um It'll be interesting to see where she, how she plays out from this point onwards. And it's, I mean, we, we obviously, the other twist kind of that hasn't come into play yet, Sierra had that opportunity. She could have played that at 13, but now she's, I think, six, she can use it again as well. When we touched on Sierra briefly, uh, I mean, she was easily one of these ones, I think, with Haley. and no offence to Sierra again. It's like she was kind of like, well, why is she back? I think there was more of a story around Sierra. Obviously, she was a last-minute replacement for Natalie Anderson, and that's kind of how mm-hmm. she, she went out there, but... I mean, she's she's playing well. I mean, she's basically been mentioned a few times in this episode that she's almost the one in control. I think she was referred to as the Godfather, was she not, at one point in this episode or something ridiculous like that. But she's she's impressed. This is kind of what I predicted her to be like in Worlds Apart. I likened her to a Kim Spradlin in our preview episode for that, and we just didn't see her. But now I yep. feel she's really coming into her own. And if I, if I right now had to pick one person who I think is going to win this season, I would put Sierra as that person. Wow. That's my tip right wow. now. I'm calling it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think it's a bad call at all. I think she's in a really good position, and I think she's going to make it quite far in this game as well. So, um, yeah, I can I can see that happening for sure. Mm, it's I mean, it's just it's going to be interesting to kind of see how it plays out with her. Uh, we have we usually at this point, Matt, get to our listener questions, and we we got one in this week, uh, which kind of just touched on 
what we were just talking about. I will say to people, if you want to send in listener questions, just keep an eye out on our Facebook page, The Oz Network. You can see who we've got coming on each week or Twitter, of course. You can email them into us, theoznetwork at hotmail.com. Uh, on Twitter, we got one from uh, LA Dunnercover22, Lad Undercover. Lad, lad undercover. There we go. I can, I can read. You know, I actually learned how to read very young, but I've, I've never actually seemed to work out how to do it properly. Uh, he says, again, based on kind of what we're just talking about with the extra vote, uh, was that the best ever use of the Dan Foley power vote, even though it sort of didn't matter? Yeah, I think so, because uh, I'm trying to think of when we've actually seen it played better than what it was played uh, last night, but I think, yeah, definitely it was probably the best, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly Dan didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and then Ty kind of just wasted his on Korong, and again, if, if you count the one, in, I don't count the one in second chance, because again, that was a vote still from Stephen, wasn't it? So, I mean, yep. he technically got a second yep. vote, but he had to take it away from Joe, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really not that much to debate about it in the end, lad, undercover, no, because it's, it's the only time it's worked. <laughs> but thanks for your question. We're not saying your question's shit. I've just, yeah, maybe I am. Uh, he messages me all the time. He's, I, I, I know him, so. <laughs> he, uh, uh, he, uh, he answered the question for us, basically, He did, he did. Please send in your questions. We promise we won't uh, abuse you every single time you send in a question. Uh, Matt, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, you've obviously given a plug for a few of your charities and uh, everything online. You've got any gigs? Plug your, plug your magician work. I've not even asked you anything about magic or anything on this show. Uh, MattTarrant.com, you've got a website. Uh, anything else that you want to plug before we, uh, before we say goodbye here? Yeah, just find me on my social. So Facebook, Matt Tarrant, Twitter, Matt Tarrant, and Instagram, Matt Tarrant AU. And uh, I post up all my, all my shows. There's a, there's a few cool magic videos and stuff that have been posted and that will be posted as well. So check them out. Um... And, yeah, just follow me on those all those sort of things and, yeah, ask me any questions if you have any. All right. How many times a day do people ask you how to pull a rabbit out of your hat? I mean, is that kind of your go-to that, question? No, you know what? It's more survivor questions now and they always ask, how was it? And I've, I've, I now know the answer to my questions every time before I answer them, but I always, I always pretend like it's a really great, interesting new question for me. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's to the point now where, like, everyone that knows me knows what my answers are going to be to these questions. So it's always like, so how was it? And I'm like, oh, look, it was probably the best thing I've ever done, but also the worst thing I've ever done. And then they're like, and, and what, did you actually eat the food out there? And my answer is always, yeah, we just, just rice and beans, 51 days of rice and beans. I lost 14 kilos. Every time it's the exact same answer. So um, come up with some like interesting new questions, and I'm happy to answer those ones as well. Yeah, ask him about aqua dumps. I don't know if you guys did those at all. or uh... <laughs> uh, The only person that did was Sammy, uh. and he did, he did one during a challenge <laughs> which challenge which challenge was it <laughs> so you know the the challenge where we had the the big it was it was for the letters the big water slides where we yep. had to slide down that slide into the water so when we're walking out there he needed to go so we did the biggest aqueduct you've ever seen <laughs> it, it was it was humongous like it, it was like a it was like a metre long and anyway so he did this thing and it was like a giant pretzel in the water did they and, notice uh I don't know, um, but this was before we kind of started filming, so they 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 didn't get him doing it. Oh damn! Uh, I was going to say, can we go back and, and watch it quickly? <laughs> but 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 the issue the issue was is that myself and Sammy we were the last ones to do the um the 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 water dive thing into the that kind of the water side, and the turd was getting close, <laughs> like it was it was 
it was floating and it was floating quite close <laughs> to where we were diving in. And I had a real big concern that I was going to slide down this giant water slide and <laughs> just land straight into Sammy. Um, and yeah, it, 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 fortunately it didn't happen, but it was one of the funniest things, one of the most disgusting and funny things I've ever seen. There like, you go. Like, at, at that time I was really angry cause I wanted to be picked on the, the strong tribe for that thing to actually get the letter. Um, and I hadn't been picked. So I was really angry. Uh, but then I almost really wanted to laugh a lot about that disgusting situation, but, um, wow. See, there yeah, you go, pretty- people. Asking questions about that, you discover, like, floating turd stories. I mean, there you go. <laughs> that's that's the best type of question you ever ask a former Survivor contestant. Matt, this has been fun. We'll get you back on again at some point. Uh, pleasure. Good luck with everything in terms of uh, the, the Magic career and getting free Sony games. I'm completely jealous. And uh, I would at this point say go Blues tonight, but uh, I think they need a little bit more than just my positive thinking. So uh, go Blues to lose by you know less than 40 points thanks for having me mate and uh kind the power and we will be back next week with another survivor game changers episode recap joined once again by another former contestant stay tuned to our website social media and everything else for you to find out exactly who that is and for you to of course get some questions sent in in the meantime you can subscribe to us on itunes search for the oz network easiest way of doing that and you can get all the episodes directly to your device remember you can rate us leave us feedback while you're there if you're not an apple user if you don't use itunes you can use stitcher we're also available on there and wherever good podcasts are downloadable just find our rss feed via our facebook page and you can get these episodes directly to you remember to like us on facebook follow us on twitter to stay up to date with everything else that is going on outside of survivor got some great recaps coming your way still doing the third watch the nip tuck recaps movies and a a lot of other things that are still coming your way in terms of uh, the Oz Network, and we are having a lot of fun bringing all these episodes to you. Thank you for listening once again to a Survivor Game Changers episode recap. We'll be back next time wherever we speak to you from. Until then, it's been a pleasure. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.